Welcome to LCF Unfiltered. I'm your host, Ro, an LCF women's wear alumni with a passion for change. As a person of colour in the fashion and creative industry, I have seen and experienced firsthand how we are often overlooked, misunderstood and mistreated. We see a lack of diversity in high positions within the industry. Racism is a widespread social problem. However, the structure of the fashion industry makes it harder to raise issues around representation, racism and inclusivity. Because of this, we have to put our best foot forward and let our strongest voices be heard. And this is exactly what LCF Unfiltered is all about. It's the opportunity to build a safe space for POC creatives without judgment or expectation and to give a platform to each of these voices whilst highlighting the talent and skill that is often undervalued. With the possibility of hearing from the few influential names we look up to in the industry, we as a community can learn, educate and understand together. This is not a podcast to counsel or to exclude anyone. Instead, it's a chance for us to demand change. Welcome back to LCF Unfiltered, the show that spotlights, supports and encourages POC creatives to be unapologetically themselves whilst addressing those sensitive topics we face and demanding change within the fashion industry. I'm your host, Ro, and today we are going to be talking about fashion photography with the talented Satori Casco. Our guest today is one of my favourite fashion photographers, Satori. I have been so lucky to work for her in the past. So hi, Satori. Hi. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Um, so for the people who don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit about your work? Yeah, so my name's Satori. Um, I'm now in second year um, studying fashion photography. So I, before coming to LCF, I went to an art school called the Brit School. Um, and there I studied digital design. So I come from more of a background where I was taught how to use like softwares, Photoshop, InDesign, those kind of things. Um, so I came from more of a technical side. Um, before coming to LCF, I had never studied photography, but I tended to always use it in my work whenever I could. And then I realized that was like my thing. So when it came to looking for uni, I knew that's the only thing I'd be wanting to study. Um, So I've always been self-taught. But when I was 15, I was lucky enough to do work experience in a studio. One week turned into four years and have been there four years now. Um, So I would say I've had firsthand experience actually doing it. And that's what's helped me so much. Um, So, yeah, so now I'm in second year studying fashion photography and I work in a studio and I love it. That's amazing. So do you, before, obviously, before you were 15, was it always your plan to go down a creative path? Absolutely not. Um, So before I went to my art school, I was actually, I've always been very academic and I've always loved it as well. I just never knew what I actually wanted to be. So I've wanted to be an architect, a midwife, all sorts was going on, but (laughs) didn't actually want to do that. So when I decided to go to my new school which is where you you start in year 10 so everyone goes there when they're 14 so we all leave our schools and choose we have to audition to get in and then we all do like creative pass but we also do academic so I was like best of both worlds I get to do both um so when is when I realized I want to be a creative but before that it was always academic but I was like let me go somewhere where I have both options because my school before was not creative in any way yeah. and I was like I get to see like both sides so that's why I originally left anyway 
Um, and then once I got there, I was like definitely a creative as much as I love academics. I did end up doing English at A-level, which I still loved. Um, I don't think you have to pick. I think you can be academic and creative all at the same time. And I am. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're literally proving you can do everything. There's no stopping on it. <laughs> I think that's that's good for people to know that it's not just one-sided because um, I think there's always a stereotype with creatives that you are incredibly creative and you have no academic background or yeah. that you are kind of missing that side of you for some reason. And yeah, but Most people are definitely both. There's no reason, no problem if you are one or you are the other, but I think it is like a that like creatives are just not intelligent or something, which it really is not the case. It takes a lot of intelligence what we do I can tell you that much it really um, does. so it really does <laughs> okay so um a little bit more you know serious topics so how do you feel about racism in the industry do you think it's ever affected you um to be honest so I think I've been been very lucky because I've been around a lot of like-minded people and a lot of people like me I think because I started so young I, it's not been a pressure to like be in the industry. So any of the people I've met have been very organic and like through others. And they're very much about bringing like black young creators in. So in the sense with the circles that I've been in, I've been very lucky because I've always wanted work to speak for itself and not to feel like I'm being used to like tick a box. Sometimes you can feel like you're being used as opposed to someone actually doing something explicitly to me. No, a lot of the time you can tell when someone's sincere and sometimes I think a lot of brands or a lot of people within fashion aren't actually insincere in actually wanting to be diverse and things like that. So in that aspect, it's a bit. Yeah, it's almost as if it's just filling that little diversity quota and then they're done for the year because they've supported. Yeah. And then it's like, that's not how you show your diverse. It's meant to be ongoing. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. I can agree with you more on that. It's unfortunately something we see a lot today, um, even from small brands, you know, it's, it's everywhere, unfortunately. Um, so do you feel that we get enough support in the industry or do you think there is a lack of celebration for POC and their creative talent? I think there's definitely a lack I think a lot of people when they're like, oh, why do you guys have to have like, for example, like Black History Month? Why do you need Black History Month? Why do you need this? Why do you need that? It's because we've been forced to create our own spaces so that we're heard because people like, as much as it's becoming better, I think a lot of the like brands that like the big, big, big brands, they are very stuck in their ways and there's no changing it. And you can see it like they, to them, fashion is very white. It's very this is that's the history we're not changing it that's what it's been that's what it will always be and I think those are the people that sadly I don't think they will change but I think it's the bigger brands and the people that literally are the pillars of fashion that need the most work I think the up and coming um we come from my generation is my favorite we really don't take anything from anyone and we're very much like no we will be heard but a lot of it is us making our own spaces as opposed to them like putting us in the space that we always dream to be in. For example, one of most photographers' dreams is to shoot the cover of Vogue. There's only been like two black photographers to ever shoot the cover of Vogue. One female, which is Nadine Ijewari, and I believe Tyler Mitchell, who shot Beyonce. And when I think of the amount of amazing black photographers that I know, to me, it's actually absurd. And it's people like the Vogues and the like, 
the big, big, big brands that everyone loves and it's been dreams to shoot. They're the kind of people that need the most work. But sadly, no one's going to force them because they have all the power. So I think they are the people that like it's sad to see. But in terms of like up and coming and smaller brands and us like putting out making spaces for ourselves it's amazing and I think it's getting so much better yeah I think it's quite clear I don't know if you've I don't know if you've noticed but I've been speaking to a few things uh few people about it even like this Black History Month so 2021 Black History Month has been very quiet in comparison to last year's and obviously mm-hmm. it's it's quite clear that that's because, you know, it was all about the BLM movement, like, last year. That was everything. Yeah. In our houses, really on it. Mm-hmm. This year, I've barely seen anything, to be honest. Barely. Nothing major or nothing big like last year. It's very much to, like, again, the same with the tokenism thing. It's to prove a point or to show that that's, oh, look at us, we care. But if you care, it's something you do all the time and you actually go out of your way to do yeah, it's not just a marketing ploy that you've put out. And sadly, it is a lot of the time. It really is. Um, so obviously, I love your work. Um, and I hope that everyone gets a chance to see it. Um, apart from, you know, the work that we were like collaborated on, I think, last year now. Um, but I recently fell in love with your Blue series. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Thank you. Um, yes. So, by the way, our shoot was one of my favourites as well. During lockdown, I was stressed. <laughs> I have to go collect clothes somewhere, somehow. <laughs> um, so, the Blue series, you know, that was really spontaneous and on the spot. So, I was shooting for a magazine called Guap, which one of my closest friends, she runs social media there and she shoots for them. She's a very big part of them. Her name's Chanel Kennedy. Um, so... I was good. I shot my friend who is, his name's Michael, um, BZ, um, and he's a musician. So we were shooting him just because he had a new release and stuff like that. Um, so the Blue series, there was a photo that I put in um, our mood board and he really liked that one specifically. And it was just a blue gels. It wasn't really similar exactly to what I shot, but it had a blue gel. And he's like, oh, let's do like that. And I was like, cool, we'll do that. But that wasn't even really the main element. The main element were other photos. So once I finished, I was like, okay, cool, let's just have some fun now. I'm just going to shoot whatever I see in my head. Um, so that's when I shot those. And those ended up being my favorite ones. Um, I tend to have this thing where I get like models to face away from the camera, which I think is a bit odd. But I don't know, for me, it makes them less nervous and it makes me have to focus on other things because I don't have their face only recently like I've realized I do it quite often I'm always like can you like just put your back to me (laughs) and a part of the blue series that was also a big element was when I edited um so obviously a lot of it is actually editing the colors are all there they're the same but in terms of like highlights and making it really quite bright um that was all editing so it was it was literally just fun spontaneous I was like we're done the important stuff let's just shoot some stuff and that's what I came up with and I really love it sometimes I feel like the best work is created when it hasn't been overly planned like down to a T for month to month so yeah I mean you can definitely tell like how well your stuff turned out just from the images like they're beautiful Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so about that, like what really inspires you when it comes to creating? Do you look towards other artists or social impacts? Like what is it? Um, do you know what? I think because I fell into it so like organically, hmm. I think it's and a lot of the people around me that inspire me. Um, 
definitely artists, definitely photographers. But I think the more and more I get into it, I realize how important social impact really is. I think once you, when you first start, it's like just experimenting and trying to figure out what you like, what you don't like. And the more you like figure out your style, which I think I've kind of, I, you always keep figuring it out, but I kind of now really know what I love and what I want to create. Then I start to realize that a lot of your work does, it doesn't have to have a message, but personally, the kind of person I am, I do want it to have a message. Um, so I think I'm now at a stage where I do like really think about the kind of models I use, the races being diverse, but not forcing it. Um what beauty is meant to be. There is no, there isn't what beauty is meant to be. So you should like have as many different types of people, different body sizes, just to show that there's no beauty can't be defined by one person. Um, so I think for me, I think social impact is actually really important because our work has a message and it's not just a pretty photo all the time. Sometimes it is, but a lot of the time, a lot of thought goes into shoots that people don't realize. And the more and more I shoot, the more I actually really think about what I'm shooting and why I'm shooting it. Um, so yeah, definitely I'm inspired by so many amazing people and there's so many people like me now, thank God. And I think it is my job to like find people like me because that's what keeps me inspired knowing that other people come from similar backgrounds, similar places and they've done it and they're doing it and I'm going to do it. So a little bit of everything. Yes, I think it's the best way to be when it comes to it. Um, I recently saw that you co-created the platform WMN. Like what's, what made you start that? And can you tell me a little bit more about it? So it's women, but WMN is a lot of, we get both names. Um, so we always knew we wanted to work together. We're both photographers. So it's, it's quite hard for two photographers to work together because obviously we shoot our own stuff. So we were like, how can we do something together where we can both create stuff? Um, and we, again, like we, we have a really good network of women that we always tend to work with. And we were like, why not make a platform to highlight and showcase creative women? So that's how it started. And that's what we started doing. So originally it was for a school project and then we kept going. And um, for the past year, we've been real quiet on there. And it's because we kind of want to like switch what we're doing. So in the beginning, it was about showcasing creative women, which we still want it to be. But we want it to be more of a like agency in a sense, for example, a team of all creative women. So it's less about showcasing women and more about having women behind the scenes because as photographers we are behind the scenes we have our own like we showcase ourselves but we're behind the scenes so we want to like do projects where we have female stylists female photographers female hair so that's what we're trying to become so we're working behind the scenes right now to try to figure out how we like come back but doing exactly what we want to do because it's a lot of work alongside what we do so we have to make sure it's like something we're super super passionate about and we don't force so that we'll keep going so that's what we're that's where we're at right now we're still just trying to figure out how we continue but change a little bit it's not weird it's definitely something we're going to continue with but we're just getting to a stage where we're like okay we know what we want to be and what we want to do and let's do it now yeah no, no, I mean that sounds amazing I think it's great that you're bringing more attraction attraction to women creators I know there's a lot of time when unfortunately we get misseen or overlooked um so yeah like Congratulations to you. I think it's great. Um, so what do you think are some of the biggest factors that we face in the industry, um, even though it's saying it's striving to be anti-racist and diverse? Um, I think a lot of the time 
people like for example if a brand comes to you they make it seem like they want you to for it to be your vision and your idea but a lot of the time people already have a preconceived idea of what they want you to create and they don't actually allow you to create what you want or what they said they were going to so for example um like i was saying about tokenism stuff like that say someone says they want you to create a diversity campaign before they just let you do it because as a creative i think one thing we want is we want someone to trust us if you come to me it's because you've seen the type of work i can create and you're coming to me because you like my style and you think i can do it a lot of the time brands do that but they want to change your style which i always find a bit odd um, and then they come to you and they're like, oh, so we love your work, but can you make it like this? Which constructive criticism always, but a lot of the time it is, again, like I say, to tick certain boxes or to do certain things. And a lot of times not very natural to us. So I think in that sense, sometimes, again, it's a it's about the bigger picture and feeling like we're not actually being able to like create what we want to showcase ourselves or to show what we think is important it's more about oh no but this is going to look good for us mm. so and uh, that yeah no that, that makes it does make a lot of sense and you know it t- does tend to be the case a lot of the time um mm. I know that recently I mean I've just seen it personally myself on social media I've seen that you've been collaborating with different platforms on like Instagram lives and stuff how did this come about is it something you were looking for or people just reached out to you yeah, so a lot of time it is people reaching out to me. Um, I, you know, I really like lives because as much as it's a bit like nerve wracking because you're put on the spot, again, like we're doing now, you just speak whatever's in your mind type thing. Um, I've always been quite vocal. I, I just tend to talk a lot. Um, so I think as a creative, I've always also thought it's important for my personality to be shown. Um, in the beginning, when I first started, I actually had a separate page for photography and a separate page for myself. And the more like I was doing work, I was like, no, no. I'm one person, my work and me is all one. And then I decided to merge it. So I think in my practice, it's also very important that I feel like I have myself in my work or myself is shown because my personality is a big part of everything I do. So in terms of like lives and stuff, I really enjoy them. And I like like talking to people and actually like having live conversations. Um, so a lot of platforms reach out to me or reach out to me and my friends. And then we like collaborate together. Again, Chanel, big part of my life. And we tend to do a lot of lives together because it makes us less nervous. And me and her can talk for hours about what we do and what we want to do. Um, so yeah, I love a live. I really do. <laughs> no, I think it's good that you have someone that you can feel comfortable with to have the conversations with to make it like easier on yourself. Um, I also like how you use your own like personal Instagram like you've merged the two because I mean I have two separate ones and I do find that I tend to maybe be a little bit lack on my design account because you just forget it when you're in your personal one so much but I just yeah it it takes over and I sit there and I'm like should I merge the two but then because I feel like everything's so different in your following I always get worried about it. So it's always interesting to hear that, you know, creators like you have managed to merge them and it's just showcasing everything amazingly. Yeah. Do you know what? In the beginning, I was a bit worried. I was like, mm, but my friends don't necessarily want to see my work. People that want to see my work don't necessarily want to see me. But I think for me personally, you're getting both. <laughs> I, I, it's a lot to manage to personally. You can keep moving and go to my photography or you can keep moving and go to me. I don't mind. But for me, I'm one person. My work in me is all one. So that's really the reason I just do it like that. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. So, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lastly, what advice would you give your, the young creators of colour that are maybe scared or a little bit worried about, you know, getting into the industry? I would say we need you. We need people like us. We need to prove that we can do it regardless of the stigmas, regardless of what we've been told we can or can't do. So my advice is if you really love it, you have to do it regardless of what you're scared of, of what you think people are going to think, if you think they're going to accept or not accept. Because for me, there's no other choice. This is what I'm going to do because it's what I love to do and I don't want to do anything else. So as much as I know being in an industry like fashion or even like the photo photography world, it's a lot and it's a lot to like deal with and put up with. I'd rather put not put up I'd rather go into an industry and like make a name for myself and like work on making it better than being too scared or discouraged to do something and then never actually get to fulfill your dreams so I would say no matter what the state of our industry because it needs a lot of work do it and create your own spaces and create your own networks of people that you're comfortable to work with and that are as talented as you and are as willing to work with you and we have to make spaces for ourselves and stop trying to like be going into spaces that don't want us because we don't need them as much as we think we do it's a lot of dreams of ours like for example mine to shoot the cover of Vogue but at the end of the day I can shoot so many other covers that really really want me as opposed to like shooting one that's not necessarily for us yeah I think for a lot of POC we forget that you know just because someone doesn't want you there'll always be someone that wants you so much and will fight for you in that sense yeah, exactly. yeah I think that is something that we will get a little bit stuck on when we get like a little knock um or someone doesn't like our work or whether that's a cheater or an in ill the in the industry um it's definitely something that we will have to remind ourselves like repeatedly definitely it's an ongoing battle <laughs> for sure um so thank you satori for coming today it was a pleasure to hear about what you're doing and you know, a chance to really learn a little more in depth about the photography size of fashion. Um, so where can people find your work or, you know, get a hold of you? Yeah, so my Instagram is at Tori Casco, so T-O-R-I-C-A-S-C-O-E, but mainly through Instagram and like just emailing me and stuff. I'm very active on there because I think it's a good platform, really. Um, so Instagram is always the best place. Is there anything else you want to add? Thank you for having me. I've had so much fun and we need to work together again. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> it will happen. Uh, it's important for us as a community to really listen to people like you and I hope not only to find more people, but to help relate to other creatives. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to another LCF Unfiltered. Be sure to visit LCF or myself on Instagram to join in the conversation and get involved. Until next time. Join us next time where we'll be talking to Amber Constanza. You just need to do what you want to, what you what is your dream, you have to achieve your dreams. You have to follow what your passions and what you want to do because at the end you're gonna have to work all your life and the best way to spend your life working is doing what something that you really love and you came back home like happy and fulfilled. Thanks and see you next time.